Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Hello, and welcome to Authentic Living. We're back again for another discussion about the authentic self. We've been talking to several of the spiritual giants of today about what it is to be authentic, what it means to live an authentic life, and a part of that is all about past life. Have you ever wondered if you've lived before? If so, what were your challenges in that other life? What did you think about? Who did you love? What mattered to you and what didn't? But the bigger question is, is there any carryover? Today we're talking to Carol Bowman, who doesn't see reincarnation as a religious or a philosophical question, but rather as a natural phenomenon. Carol Bowman is a past life regression therapist and a researcher who has written two books, Children's Past Lives and Return from Heaven, which are now classics in the reincarnation field. In Children's Past Lives, she researched spontaneous past life recall in children. And in Return from Heaven, she documents true stories of children sometimes as young as two who recalled past lives. Carol began collecting cases of spontaneous past past life recall when, as a young mother, She wanted to understand the past life memories of her own two children. Her research has taken her to realms of understanding that boggle the mind when it comes to our understanding of life and death. Carol, welcome to Authentic Living. Thank you, Andrea. Well, we have lots of questions, and uh, one of those I want to understand is I want to hear more about your beginning, how you started off in this. I know that there were some past life memories for your two children. Right. I, I think I started in my late teens as um, a believer in reincarnation because of uh, Eastern philosophies. I started reading about those, and I knew there was something about us that doesn't die at death. I kind of sensed my own past life memories, but they weren't conscious at that point. And then in my, um, when I was in my mid-30s and my children were five and nine, they both ha- started exhibiting phobias. I was really puzzled by them. I'll talk about my son's case because that's more interesting in a way. At age five, he developed a phobia of of loud booming sounds. And when we asked him about his fear, he immediately started describing himself as an adult soldier carrying a gun with a sword at the end and how he was sad and confused to be in the middle of a battle. And he said he was shot in his wrist, and they took him to a hospital, but it wasn't a regular hospital. It was just poles in the ground with some material covering it. And he said, I wasn't on a real bed. It was more like a hard bench. And he said, they bandaged my wrist and made me go back to battle, and I missed my wife and family. So at this point, <laughs> wow. yeah, I think I went into a state of mild shock and was trying to figure out what, where this was coming from, and... At that point, my son, Chase, hadn't been in school yet. He was five, and I didn't let him go to school until he was six. Um, and he watched Sesame Street, Mr. Rogers, no other television, and I was a stay-at-home mother, so I knew what he had been exposed to. And 
the crazy thing was that he didn't even own a toy gun. He was not interested in war games. So mm-hmm. he started, started describing this. And um, a friend of mine who was with me who actually encouraged him to talk about the memories was an experienced hypnotherapist who did past life regression. And he sensed that Chase was into some past life material and just encouraged him to talk. And when Chase said he missed his wife and family and didn't want to be there and shoot other people, he inferred that Chase was not comfortable with his role as a soldier. And in very simple language, he said to him, we live many different lives on Earth. We, are, we play different roles like actors in a play, and sometimes we are soldiers, and sometimes we have to kill others in battle, and sometimes we are killed. And I could see that this was helping my son. I, he was sitting on my lap at the time. He was that young. And I could just feel him relax as he was describing this. And um, after that, my friend said, well, what happens next after they make you go back into battle? And he said, well, I'm walking down a road, and there's a cannon pulled on a wagon, pulled on a, by a horse, and there are chickens on the road, and it's dusty. And... He said, they put me behind the cannon, and then he opened his eyes, and he hopped off my lap, and that was that. But what was interesting was um, he described being shot in his wrist and taken to what he described as a field hospital, and since he had been a baby, a young baby, about nine months old, he had had a chronic and severe eczema on that spot on his wrist, Mm. which had not responded to medical treatment. And that and the phobia of loud noises went away completely after he recalled that battlefield experience. So I I, I kind of became obsessed with figuring out what had happened. Yeah, that would do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That would drive you to obsession, absolutely. So, And then your daughter also had one. I know you wanted to talk more about your son, but your daughter also had some past life recall. She did. She um, became phobic of house fires and we first noticed it when she went to a sleepover at a friend's house and you know she'd done this many times before in this particular evening I don't know why but the parents let them watch some scary movie with a big fire scene and an explosion and at that my daughter Sarah just became hysterical to the point where the neighbors brought her home at 1130 at night and we couldn't understand it but through her her tears, she admitted that she kept a bag packed under her bed with her favorite dolls and some clothes in case her house caught on fire so she could make an escape. Mm-hmm. And no amount of reassurance from us seemed to help with her fear. And in the same way, we asked Sarah you know, what she, what she saw when she had that fear of fire. And she described herself as a young girl. This is all with her eyes closed. She described herself as a young girl caught in a house fire, and she didn't know where her parents were. And what was really interesting was she remembered this fiery beam falling on her. Next thing she knew, she said she was floating above the house. Wow. So she was looking down, and she saw and she spontaneously said, oh, my parents really did try to save me. I carried this anger with me, thinking that they didn't love me because they didn't try to save me, but I can see now that that's not true. That wasn't the case. And, you know, she was processing, processing this all on her own as a nine-year-old. Mm. So uh, after that, her phobia of fire went away. 
just as my son's phobia of loud booming sounds went away after he had the battlefield experience. So they both had phobias relating to the way they died in a previous life. Wow. And that was sort of a calling for you to get uh, involved in this. And since that Mm -hmm. time, you've been doing past life regressions for other people, as well as a lot of research. Yeah, my day job, um, since that time, I went to graduate school and got a master's in counseling degree and uh, studied with some of the pioneers in the field of past life therapy. And I work with adults, um, a lot of them who have been in therapy for years and kind of hit a wall. And sometimes the past life regression just breaks through that because the cause of whatever they're dealing with is not from this life. Mm-hmm. So it's very helpful to adults. And I've been doing research of children's memories for the past 20 years. As you said, I've written the two books, and we have a, a forum. It's uh, www.reincarnationforum.com, and parents can anonim- anonymously post their questions or tell their stories in a, in a safe environment where they can get help. You know, if they feel their child is having a past life memory and they've never heard of this before, they, they Google child's past life or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, they find my website, and I have a, a, an incredible team of moderators who run the website, and they respond to all the posts you know, when people have questions, and a lot of them had nowhere else to go. You know, either they discovered my book and read it or, you know, went to the website to get help with um, what they were witnessing in their own children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I think that's wonderful that you have that for parents because it's so it's um, it, the challenge is to help the parent help the child exactly, and it's not necessarily to help the child have an actual past life regression. I noticed no, that no, you no. don't do that. No, no, and that's that's a really good distinction. I'm mm-hmm. dealing with spontaneous memories in children. In other words, no one is. Um, using any form of hypnosis or even asking the children if they remember previous lives. These are mostly two, three, and four-year-olds who have spontaneous memories. They just blurt this stuff out. Right. Not, without any prompting. Right. You know, it just comes up naturally. So when it comes up naturally in a three-year-old, it's pretty startling at times. Yeah, I can imagine. And, I, you know, as a therapist myself, I can imagine how if they had a past life regression, that might, they might identify with that past life, and we don't want them to do that. We want them to be here in this life. Yeah, well, at that age, you can't really regress them. Yeah. You know, you, okay. you can use, like we did with my son and daughter, you know, just say, what do you see when you have that fear? You know, close your eyes. What do you imagine? Mm-hmm. You, know, you could call it imagination, and um, the, the Sometimes the stories just come spilling forth, and you know, and listening to them, especially as a parent, there's no way they could know this stuff at their age. You know, mm-hmm. it's coming from somewhere. And what was most amazing is a lot of times, if they have phobias relating to the way they died, or separation anxiety, or all kinds of problems, sometimes by going back and and just being able to talk about it, it just releases whatever energy is around that issue, and they're fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it, it's a little bit like re-experiencing a, a, a trauma to, to um, put it to rest in this life. Exactly, and, that's, and actually when I lecture, you know, I say this is post-traumatic stress disorder, but it's not from an event in this life. It's from an, usually a traumatic death in a previous life. Mm-hmm. 
And that's exact. It works exactly the same way. Yeah. Have Have you ever had a child have a spontaneous recall that has to do with a very pleasant experience from a? Family? Oh, sure. But parents aren't likely to notice that. Okay. They're more likely to dismiss that as fantasy. Okay. It's not always, but generally, you know, with the pleasant memories, you know, if a child says, "Oh, remember when I was big before and had a farm and had eight horses?" Mm-hmm. You know, they most parents would dismiss that. Yeah, I see. I see. Okay, well, we're going to take a break right now, and we're going to be back to talk again with Carol Bowman about past life and authenticity. We'll be back in just a moment. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Are you ready to crash through illusion, break through your personal barriers, and slay the internal nemesis of your dark side? TNT is here to awaken your soul and unravel the hidden messages of your unconscious mind. Discover your hidden treasure map and use TNT to find the tools you need to become your own demolition tech. Collapse the old and choose the new. It's Dynamite Awareness with TNT. Tracy Irons and Tracy McMahon every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network and visit us at www.dynamiteawareness.com. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology. A-I-H-T. It's a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earn my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit AIHT.edu. All my love. Are you in need of a cosmic kick? Are you frustrated with your ability to move forward in all areas of your life and spiritual growth? Adrian Wentworth is a master at getting you unstuck. A fearless and grounded healer and teacher, Adrian covers subjects that few will touch and reveals the missing keys to your success. Be uplifted by the healing energies that flow through her as she shares her profound wisdom and helps you shift past your obstacles to create the life you long for. Listen to Cosmic Kick with Adrian Wentworth every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the seventh wave network listening on a higher dimension seventh wave network you're listening to authentic living with andrea matthews we want to hear from you if you have a question or comment about today's show call in now toll free 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. 
You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Okay, we're back. We're talking to Carol Bowman about past life regression. And we were talking just before the show about um, phobias as a response to a past life death experience. And I want to explore that a little bit more. We said it was something like uh, post-traumatic stress disorder from another life. Right. And um, what we found in the research, and I'm not the only one doing this research, um, there's a professor at the University of Virginia Medical School Dr. Ian Stevenson, who started doing research of children's spontaneous memories in the early 60s. And he died in 2007, so he'd been doing the research for almost about 40 years. And he documented almost 3,000 cases. And some of the cases are absolutely extraordinary, where they, the child gave enough information that they could be, the memories could be validated, that they actually corresponded to the life of someone who lived and died before the child was born. Wow. So they're actually, uh, you know, kind of proven cases mm-hmm. at the University of Virginia Medical School. But a lot of people don't know about Stevenson's work because he never really did any media appearances or um, wrote for the lay public. He, he wrote some academic works. But anyway, um, what he found in his 3,000 cases and what I was finding was that most children, when they talk about their past life memories, um, appear to be still bothered by a traumatic death, and they'll talk about the death or events around the death. Um, and in this sense, a traumatic death has this, can carry charge from one lifetime into another. So there is kind of a post-traumatic stress disorder that occurs, but it's not from this life, it's from a previous life. And sometimes this manifests as phobias in young children, and they have phobias relating to the way they died in the past. For example, if they died through drowning in the past, they might be absolutely terrified of water, even as an infant. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten this, this, um, this type of case from many parents whose children are terrified of water or... A lot of kids, like my son, are terrified of loud booming sounds. And, you know, sometimes it's just natural fear, but sometimes there's a story behind it, and sometimes the children start talking about it, and then the parents piece the two together. Oh, yeah, you know, my son keeps talking about when he was a soldier before, and he runs under the table every time there's an airplane goes overhead. You know, Mm. (laughs) they start piecing it together that maybe there's a correlation between the fear and what the child is saying. But sometimes children don't say anything. They just have the phobia. So, you know, might help to be more observant and, you know, see if they're saying anything, listen to something they might be saying that might be related to a past life, and kind of do your own detective work, trying to piece things together. Right. And that's what you offer parents with your website. Yeah, and in the books I I have... um, kind of a step-by-step, you know, how, how to help a child and how to identify these memories from fantasy because, um, you know, some of them could be fantasies. We don't know. But mm-hmm. when kids talk about past life memories, they usually start sometimes as soon as they can talk. And 
universally in every culture, whether the parents believe in reincarnation or not, the memories tend to fade between the ages of five and seven. So it just seems to be a developmental milestone that children have these memories up until a certain age and then they fade. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that the memories still might not affect them in a number of ways, but they're not they they're conscious when the the children are very young and then they become unconscious. And they can still affect the the child as they grow into adulthood. But when kids talk about these memories at that very young age, they're very matter-of-fact, very serious when they're talking about it. They kind of look you in the eye and say, you know, don't you remember? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, they, they don't understand that we don't remember. So it's the tone of voice that sometimes catches us. And certainly when kids talk about things they couldn't possibly know about, at age three, or they say something like, well, when I was here before I died. Right. That's a real direct, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's no question right. what they're talking about there. You know, they'll talk about, or I picked you to be my mommy, or when I died, I, got, I came back to you. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of statements children make which, are, um, which relate to past lives, and sometimes they have behaviors. I mean, sometimes they, have, they exhibit unlearned skills or abilities, um, like this one little boy, I use this example in my first book because I love this, that it, it, I think he was around three or four, he, um, he lost a button on his pants and he went into his mother's sewing basket and sewed a button on perfectly. Wow. And um, she said, well, how did you know how to do that? And he said, well, when I was big before, I was a sailor and I used to sew my clothes. Hmm. So, yeah. you know, a little carryover there. Sometimes really? It, it appears in, um, well... You know, I think it's an, one explanation for precocious abilities in children. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes it's just carryover from previous lives. Mm-hmm. Like Mozart when he was yeah, who knows a, what that was. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, he was amazingly talented at the age of five. Yeah, so, you know, it could be, you know, with musical talent or mathematical ability or, you know, any number of, you know, even tying a shoe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or sewing a button, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. They just remember. Right, right. And I noticed in uh, Return from Heaven, you talk a lot about how fa- uh, children or, or people might return to the same family. Right. That's fascinating. Can you say some more about that? Yeah, I think when I, when I do my lectures and workshops, this is, the, this is what really gets people, because I talk about the fact that a soul seems to have some choice in how they reincarnate because there are a lot of cases of people in the family who die who come back within a very short time. It could be in less than nine months to the same family and the family members recognize the the child as being the deceased. They see personality traits in the child. And these are not necessarily things that could be hereditary like... um, curious little habits, um, imitation of the other person. Um, and the obvious things are statements when the little child says, do you remember when I used to change your diaper? Mm-hmm. You know, they remember. And, wow. And so, yeah, I've, I've gotten a lot of cases of even children who die and return to the same mother within, you know, three to six years. Mm. So that's pretty incredible, you know, when people figure that out. It's it's hard for them to grasp. It's hard for them to believe. And, you know, I have enough 
cases that I, I see this as a real phenomenon and it happens. Right, and which brings the whole question of abortion up, too. When a child is aborted, could that child come back again? Absolutely. That, yeah. And I, I, in fact, I had to address that question when I wrote the book, uh, Return from Heaven, and I had a whole chapter on stillborns, miscarriages, and abortions, and sometimes the incoming soul bails out for some reason. You know, they... Maybe the timing is bad. Maybe the fetus is not what you know, wrong sex, whatever. But they, and I think that's what happens sometimes in stillborns and miscarriages. You know, certainly not in all cases. Who knows? But mm-hmm. you know, from what the children are saying, that you know, they said, well, I decided I want to come. I wanted to come back later, or I wanted to be a boy instead of a girl. And sometimes there's confusion about that. And then with the even with the abortions, I was getting cases of people who you know said. I've never talked about this with anyone, but I feel that, you know, my child said something about, you know, when I tried to come to you before, Mommy, you couldn't have me, and here I am again. Wow. So they seem to have memory of that event, too, and some children seem to be slightly troubled by it, and others take it as totally matter-of-fact, like, oh, well, here I am again. Mm -hmm. Mm So, um, yeah, I mean, the soul is kind of flexible. Yeah. Yeah, and and you also said something about uh, babies communicating with their new family before they were even born. Yeah. Um, there's a woman by the name of Elizabeth Hallett in Montana who, I think she's a former midwife, and um, she collected cases of pre-birth communication. And she wrote a book called Soul Trek, and uh, you can get it through Amazon. But I had seen that there are cases of children who remembered events in the parents' and family's life before, excuse me, before they were even conceived, as if they were, in fact, some of them said, well, I was watching you. So it seems like, the, you know, this consciousness does exist before birth, and they're, sometimes they're aware of the family they're going to come to. Wow. And in some cultures, they take it as just a matter of course that, there is communication through dreams before a child is born. You know, if it's a relative returning, they identify themselves in the dream and say something like, I'm coming back. It's very direct. And in some cultures, they even look for the, at these dreams during pregnancy or preconception to, to identify the, the new baby, you know, if it's grandfather or some uncle, you know, and then they appeared in a dream and say, said, I'm coming back. They take it as a matter of course, and then they look at the child to see if there are any similar characteristics between that child and grandfather. Wow. Yeah. That's beautiful. You know, and I can imagine how if, uh, as a parent of a child uh, who's had a spontaneous recall, how that might change your whole paradigm of life, how you might open up to spiritual understandings that perhaps were not available to you before, and, um, you know, just really awaken as a result of this experience. Oh, that happens often, Andrea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so this can really, not only because you know somebody who's had a, a spontaneous recall, but because of a recall of your own, perhaps you can even, uh, it does help people to become much more authentic as a result of past life regression. Oh, I would say so. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, 
you know, that's the whole story that we're talking about here is how do we heal ourselves, how do we um, understand who we really are underneath all the masks and costumes that we put on, who are we really? And what we're hearing today is that we're a soul on a journey and that soul can come back again and again and tell us more about its own story. And we'll be back to talk about more of that in just a moment. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! Uh. There you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T. It was a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earned my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit A-I-H-T dot E-D-U. All my love. What can you tell me about SkillsUSA? SkillsUSA teaches you employability skills. So you know how to deal with people, you have teamwork, your resume is going to look awesome. Well, it's important to know your technical skills, but not only that, to have soft skills, the skills of learning how to communicate with people. web at skillsusa.org. Be extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back with Authentic Living, brought to you by the American Institute of Holistic Theology. And we're talking today with Carol Bowman, past life uh, expert and uh, world-renowned author. 
and we are uh, exploring the whole concept of spontaneous recall in young children. I want to move from that just a minute to talk more about adults and past life regression. Um, you know, one of the things that I know, I've, I've done several past life regressions myself and, and found them to be very effective for me. Um, but I've also known a lot of people who have trouble really believing themselves when they do a past life regression. Can you say something about that? Yes. Uh, I just want to say that spontaneous memories in children and past life regression in adults are apples and oranges. Okay. They're very different phenomena. Mm -hmm. um, with young children, these memories come up spontaneously, naturally, without any prompting. But as I said, these memories usually fade around the age of five to seven. So then, in sometimes um, these memories, if they're unresolved, can affect us unconsciously. So that's when people come into therapy and they want to do past life regression. And um, quite often, I'll, I'll take them through a childhood experience as kind of a portal into the past life material, and it works pretty well with some people. And answering your question, you know, how do you know if you're not making this up? Right. Well, to free clients so that they don't get in their own way, I say, Everybody, when the memories first come up, everybody thinks, oh, I'm just making this up because this is something you haven't seen before or allowed yourself to experience before. But usually as the client gets into the past life material and the, the story just kind of takes over in a sense and it starts flowing and people experience very profound emotions. They can cry. They can actually feel physical sensations in the body. And... Um, Afterwards, they'll say, well, how do I know that was real? One thing we say is, well, how long do you think you were doing that? And they'll say, oh, about 10 or 15 minutes. No, it was actually an hour and a half. Oh, wow. So, you know, you were definitely in an altered state of consciousness. And, and they say, well, actually, I couldn't have made up a story that cogent, you know, that addresses my issue so perfectly. And I always say it's really the significance is how these memories affect you emotionally and psychologically. And if you feel any shift in understanding or perspective, if, if you get any insight or actually feel some emotional release through it, mm -hmm. you know, it's really, it's, it's therapeutic work. It's not just, oh, I'm curious, let's just see who I was in a past life. It always has um, psychological, emotional relevance to your present life. It's not coming out of nowhere. Right. You know, and it really explains a lot about your present personality or, or why, you know, you have such a difficult relationship with that person or why you've had chronic lung problems your whole life. Mm -hmm. So it really addresses specific issues in, in the life, and I've seen amazing um, shifts in perception and even physical healings through, physical and emotional healings through this work. Mm-hmm. But, you know, sometimes I'd say in about 10% of the cases, I'm sitting there wondering, well, maybe this is just a great metaphor they're coming up with. Let's just see where it goes and see if it's helpful. Mm -hmm. But then there are other times when it's just so real, mm -hmm. you know, for the person experiencing it and for me witnessing it that, you know, there's really no doubt that something is going on. And then when, you know, if you take a full history of the person, too, you see that these stories touch different aspects of their lives. You know, it really kind of is the missing piece in the puzzle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and actually, one of the things that I've seen is that it, 
people sometimes can live out a whole pattern of life yeah. relevant to a past life experience without even knowing that that's what Absolutely. Doing. And that's why I always, and I suggest, you know, if you're going to do past life regression, go to a therapist who, you know, who can give you support. But certainly if you're going to do one-shot session, make sure this person gets a full history. Mm-hmm. They need to know your history because really it's identifying those patterns that's most helpful and even, you know, using that as an entry point into the past life material. We all have these big patterns in our lives that we're playing off of constantly. Mm-hmm. And that's where the work is. I, I believe the karmic patterns show up in childhood. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, just don't go to someone who's going to do an hour session and think, you know, you're really doing the full thing because usually you're not. Right, right. That's good advice. I hope our listeners are listening to that. You know, another thing that I that I have done and have heard of having been done with other people is to sort of look at dreams and uh, notice the difference in how they feel and all that. Can you say something about past life recall and dreams? Yeah, sometimes um, past life recall um, is most vivid in the dream state. It, sometimes children's nightmares are actually uh, fragments of past life memories coming up, and sometimes the children will start talking about it. Um, and adults, too. I think the most vivid past life recall I've had, and I've done many, many regressions myself, was through um, a dream in which I saw something about my relationship with my son, and it was as clear as a bell. When I woke up, I, I knew why my son reacted to me in the way he did, and things just changed after that. He was about two at the time, mm. and it really shifted the relationship. Um, I have this one case I've been following in, of a little boy in Louisiana who remembered being a World War II pilot. And um, it's been on television a couple times. ABC Primetime did a really great job of presenting their story. And the uh, memory started coming, emerging through nightmares. He, when he was two and a half, he started waking up like five nights a week screaming that his plane was crashing. Mm-hmm. And after the mother talked to him about it and acknowledged what he was saying and kind of entered that reality with him, the nightmare started going away and he started remembering more details of his life as a World War II pilot and he remembered enough detail that the parents could verify the memory. They figured out who he was in a previous life based on the name he gave of his aircraft carrier, the type of plane he flew, and his best friend. He remembered their names. So... um, in his case, it was definitely coming up through the nightmares first. Mm-hmm. I'd say that's true with other children, too. Mm-hmm. And it can happen with adults, too. Sometimes when they come in for, the adults come in for past life therapy, and I'm taking a history, I ask, have you had any extremely vivid recurring dreams you think could be past life related? And, um, you know, sometimes people do, and we go right in into the dream material, and there they are. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. just need to work through the the whole life to see how they died and work through it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I, you know, sometimes I've, I've actually had dreams that were very vivid and it's almost like you can feel your own skin and you, mm. and it's not, um, it's not a traumatic event. It's just a, a, an occurrence in a mm-hmm. lifetime. But I wake up just going, it's almost just like I'm not really here. I wake up going, wow, this is like, yeah. I, really, I really feel that that's a past life experience. It could be. 
I mean, mm-hmm. if you see yourself like in a different setting or even a different body or time period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Different clothes. Yeah. 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 Or sometimes people wake up, they have recurring dreams and they're always waking up just, I had one incredible client, an adult client who had an extremely vivid dream of being um, a gangster and he, she remembered being a he mm-hmm. and she remembered standing before the the gang boss. It was kind of a mafia-type situation. And she remembered being shot in the head. Wow. And we went through that in in the session. And it was really interesting because she was also, in this life, she felt a calling to be a federal prosecutor against gang members. Oh, wow. (laughs) And it was interesting after she did the regression through some weird circumstances, she lost her job. And she said, you know what? I think I finished that cycle. I don't need to do that any longer. Wow. That's pretty bizarre. And that's a perfect example of how that can help a person become more authentic because now she's finished whatever work needed to be done on that right. old thing and now she's ready to go on and blossom in this life and be more true to who her soul needs her to be now. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's a real important uh, aspect of that. I think we can get real intrigued by past lives and and, you know, talk about them and, and play with the idea. But the real deal is that if, the, if our soul really is evolving, mm-hmm. then that's what it's all about. And a lot of times what we remember is the unfinished business. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's still bothering us. And once you can have that resolution, like you say, it's just shedding old baggage, mm-hmm. you know, and peeling off those layers of, um, of negative emotion, fear, you know, guilt, whatever, and getting to that authentic core. And that's people feel lighter. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. feel better. Yeah, yeah, and I, that's one of for me. That's one of the evidences that I'm more authentic. I'm closer to who I really am without the, all the layers and layers of mm-hmm. stuff between me and me. Right. And uh, so that I'm living out more soul more. So that lightness is is evidentiary the way I look mm-hmm. at it. Mm-hmm. So that's that's wonderful. That's a wonderful healing experience. And so uh, so if a person were to uh, have a past life recall either in a dream or have some curiosity or have a phobic response that they want to resolve mm-hmm. um, and they wanted to contact you for a past life regression, how would they go about doing that? Well, first of all, I, I encourage them to look for a therapist in their own area. Okay. I do have clients who fly in from different parts of the country and actually different parts of the world because they read the books and they say, well, I, you know, I feel like I know you, I want to work with you. But I try to say, look, Find someone in your own area if you can. Mm-hmm. And um, there are a few websites out there of training programs. And um, there's IARRT.org. Mm-hmm. And I can give you some other websites after the break. Okay, okay. I'll look forward to that. This is Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We'll be back in just a moment. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T. 
with a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earn my PhD in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit aiht.edu. All my love. Over there, over there's the water. Whoosh, whoosh. And look at all this stuff I'm standing on. It's called sand, and it's everywhere. This woman may sound silly to you and me. It's made up of little tiny pieces of rocks. Teeny little pieces of rocks. But to her two-year-old son exploring the world around him, <laughs> she makes perfect sense. How does it feel when you touch the sand? Is it warm? Uh-huh. It's hard to hold in your hand, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Learning starts long before school does, and children are naturally curious. They want to learn, so follow their lead. Take simple, everyday moments, like sorting laundry or playing on the beach, and turn them into learning moments. Is this water? No. Very good. This is sand. Oh, <laughs> no, no, it's not food. It's sand. We don't eat sand. <laughs> turn everyday moments into learning moments. Find out how at PornLearning.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back with the last leg of our show today, and we wanted to talk some more about the websites that you were talking about before the break that, ha- that can help our listeners find out who they can go to for help. Yeah, I, I know of a few um, websites that um, offer professional, tr- or through which professional training is offered, and they have a referral list, and one of them is IARRT.org. It's International Association for Regression Research and Therapies. The acronym is IARRT.org. And um, they have a member's directory where you can, they have uh, referrals to therapists all over the country. Another one is RogerWolger.com, Roger, W-O-O-L-G-E-R.com. And he he trains internationally, so he has a training program in the U.K., and has links to therapists around the world. There's also the Newton Institute. That's Michael Newton's organization, and I don't know the website address, but you can Google that. And um, they do trainings in life-between-life regression, but the therapists who go through that training also are required to have a few years of experience as past-life therapists. 
so they're screened. It's, they don't just take in anybody. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm trying to think. There are probably other websites that I'm forgetting right now. Um, but, you know, even with that, you know, talk to the people. See if there's some rapport between you and the therapist. Ask them about their training. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if they've just done a weekend training, I probably wouldn't recommend it. Um, and, and, you know, just see if you feel comfortable asking how much experience they have and what their credentials are. Oh, and Brian Weiss does a training, too, and right. you can Google Brian Weiss. I don't know if he still has a referral list mm-hmm. to his trainees. But always ask, because you might not feel comfortable with the person just because they have training doesn't mean you want to work with them. Right. At 10, 15 years ago, uh, people didn't have training such as we have available today, and so I think the standard is higher, and we've we've sort of raised the bar on what we can expect mm-hmm. as a as a patient, client, a person who's seeking help, I think we can really expect somebody to be well-trained and know, have some good experience, and I think that that is definitely one of the things I would encourage our listeners to look for. Yeah, it's important because there are a lot of people who say they do this, but, you know, they have very little experience, and there's certain things that a therapist needs to do in the session Mm -hmm. to really help the the client process the memory, and... Mm -hmm. You know, I've worked with people who have worked with practitioners who, you know, have a weekend training and they clearly didn't do a job, the job. Right, right. So, you know, it's important. Absolutely. And one of the reasons it's important is because we don't want to identify with the past life. We want to identify with ourselves as an authentic soul. Right. And uh, I think that's one of the things that I work with as somebody who uh, works with post-traumatic stress disorder is I, if a person does have a memory of a past uh, event that was traumatic, I don't want them to stay stuck in that memory. Exactly. I want them to be able to move forward. So that's a real important thing that we want, I want to get across to our listeners, that this is not about your past. This is about your soul and healing. Right, and that takes some skill as a therapist to get you through it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you don't want to be stuck in it or, or feel even worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and I wanted to talk just a little bit. You mentioned uh, the between lives. Can you say something about that? And, and uh, do you have children who recall between lives? Do you have? Uh, well, it's more. Some children do, but it's interesting because I found that they some, sometimes they recall the death, mm-hmm. and then there seems to be a whole gap in in what they remember. Um, they seldom remember what happens in the life between life, but they do remember the time right before they reincarnated again, you know, before this life. And it's really interesting because sometimes they say, oh, I remember being with Jesus or I remember being with angels. Mm. And some of these kids have had no religious training at all. But they also, you know, quite often they'll say, I remember I picked you and Daddy or I picked you, Mommy. You know, I had a choice of other mommies. You know, they'll say something like that and it's like, oh, just stopped you dead in your tracks. Really? So it seems like they remember the death, and then there's a big gap, and then they remember right before they came in. It seems like, you know, once they they identify the family they're coming to, they're aware of them. Mm-hmm. So I don't, you know, it's very mysterious. I don't know how that works or, you know, why there's that amnesia for a while. But with adult clients, when you do regression therapy, when you take the client through the death experience, which is really clients say is the best part of the session. It's not scary at all. In fact, it's, it's very um, 
expansive. It, it feels very amazing to go through that because you, you are in your soul's consciousness, in a mm-hmm. sense. You are in an altered state, within an altered state of consciousness. And um, sometimes people in that state are more objective. They get a sense of themselves as a soul consciousness. They get a sense of where they've been in the past and why they're here and where they're going in the future. You get a much broader perspective of yourself without the strictures of your personality. Mm -hmm. It's a very interesting state of consciousness, and it's accessible through past life regression. And another thing that happens sometimes in that state is people tend to have mediumistic abilities. In other words, for some reason they're in a state where they're receptive to maybe a deceased relative making contact with them, mm-hmm. and they just get telepathic information. Wow, that's almost like having a near-death experience. It is, it's a virtual near-death experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how I think of it. Mm-hmm. Um so that, that's a really wonderful aspect of the past life regression session, and, and that's where a lot of the healing work occurs. Mm-hmm. When, you're out, when you move through that trauma and, you know, through the death, and it does, I mean, people describe it as that, you know, all of a sudden they're out of their bodies and looking down at their crumpled body that was hit by a mortar, and, you know, they have, whoa, I'm glad that life is over and, you know, you review what you learned in that life as a soul. And it really is so, it's such a direct way of learning about yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and who you really are. I, I think that it's really exciting and I've been doing this for 20 years and I'm not bored yet. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I can imagine. <laughs> you know, and the the other thing I think of, uh, it makes me think of uh, Byron Katie's question that she asks uh, uh, that has to do with who would we be without our stories. Uh-huh. I think it kind of gets us to that place it where does. we're beyond our stories. Yeah, it's very interesting because the way I describe it, you're in your soul's consciousness. You're mm-hmm. outside of your personality, mm-hmm. and you can look at the stories objectively. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you feel, and people say this, you know, again and again, almost daily, you know, I, I feel so light, I feel at peace. Maybe for the first time in my life, I feel loved. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they look at, they look at their, their lives, present and past, with more objectivity, mm-hmm. without the story. And it's really amazing. Even for five minutes, if they're in that state, they don't forget it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can, I can see that that would be a completely life-changing experience. And the life, that, that's the whole process of authenticity, is to right. get in touch with that person, that being that we are beyond yep. our stories. Exactly. So, and that I can imagine just that link is healing. So, Carol, thank you so much for being on our show today. You have given just volumes of information to our listeners, and I'm so appreciative. Oh, you're welcome, and thank you for having me, Andrea. All right. Well, we're going to be back again next week, and we're looking forward to talking with you again. This is Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And don't forget, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to bring birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. 
Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.